0: And now, for another fast breaking news story, we go to our roving reporter. The podcast, Sovereign Tech. Its host, Dr. Brian Sovereign. The tech giants tried to stop Sovereign Tech, they can't. The man of tomorrow is here, and I get to talk about, well, it's rare, it really is rare that I get to talk about something, at least in the tech world these days, that I am, I know everybody says, oh, 100% today, or they say they'll even go so far as 1,000%. Well, I'll go that far, that I am 1,000% behind and excited about and have my hands on. Now you may think by the title of this episode that I'm going to talk about, uh, the, the M five computer by Richard Daystrom. No. <laughs> of course that was a, a, star Trek, the original series episode, right? The ultimate computer, um, you know, with the M five computer. And well, anyway, we all know what happened there. got to feel bad for some of those constitution class starships. But what I don't feel bad for is what I actually have, which is in my opinion, Quite literally, the ultimate computer. And this is by no means an exaggeration on my part. I don't think, now, over the years, I mean, look, we've been doing sovereign tech for pretty much 10 years now. Over the years, I don't think I've ever given a computer a 10 out of 10. I don't think, or, or hell, an 11 out of 10. I don't think I've ever given a computer really perfect marks. I am giving this computer perfect marks. The only computer that might've come close. And that is interestingly kind of in this vein was the, uh, Oh, what was that thing called? The, the Lenovo tab tablet or whatever. It was not the Lenovo tab. There was the Lenovo that had like the, it wasn't a, it wasn't a touchscreen as in like glass, but it had kind of a touch type keyboard and uh, you know, and it could fold. It was a clamshell. If you remember that from, from a while back, I thought that computer was brilliant and a piece of the future. Well, here's the thing, the computer I am going to talk about in this supplemental episode. Uh, everybody should own one of these, in my opinion, it's not for everybody, but then also, I don't know. The computers are for everybody, <laughs> At least not, not without getting some uh, edumacation as it were, but this is, is a computer that when I was growing up, so I was born in 1981. So when I was growing up, you know, this was the kind of computer that I imagined we would have in the future, right? If I was looking at more of that Star Trek future and all of this, this is the computer that I basically imagined when I was a kid and just getting excited is hardly the word when I would be fantasizing daydreaming, isn't strong enough going through the radio shack catalog. And those of you who remember the radio shack catalog, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I would be going through that. And I'd see those machines, those laptops, those very early laptops that maybe had like windows CE on them or something like that. Um, Or even some of the word processors that were portable at the time, this, you know, those kinds of devices, but with more what today we would see as modern specs, you know, kind of coming together. Like that's what I was imagining as a kid. I was like, that's what we're going to have in the future. Okay. Our computers like that, you know, imagine those like Casio word processors that, you know, had the smallest of screens or that maybe had a clamshell design eventually. Um, you know, but then imagine it being able to say run Ubuntu or something along those lines. Uh, that's what we've got right here. And I can't, I mean, you can't believe how refreshing, look folks, I mean, I'm not being facetious here. I'm like, I'm no sarcasm. I am dead serious. This computer is fucking brilliant. It should not exist because I mean, the only person in my opinion, or the only, the type of person, the person would have to basically be me that would want to design a computer like this, but they did it. And it, and it's real. And I feel bad because it's actually been out for about a year and a half to a couple years now. And I had no idea because I would have been talking about this machine forever. If I knew about it, I am, I am in awe that it exists. So let's talk about it. This is coming. So this computer was not the first computer done by a very little, what you could almost call a boutique uh, company. And, And I talk about this all the time on Sovereign Tech that, you know, how much I love, you know, little cottage industries, little boutique companies you know, that like a lot of the retro gaming companies, right. That just make these amazing things, you know, like hyperkin or analog, you know, and so on. And they just make the most incredible devices, whether it's actual consoles, controllers, whatever they happen to do. Um, you know, in the computer industry, you do have some like that, like say Librem, right. Or you have, you know, the companies that say put out like the privacy beast, um, you know, or like what used to be the the Libra Boot X220, you know, and all these devices. Now, I want to be clear here. Look, the the device I'm about to talk about is not going to run cubes. It just doesn't have the horsepower really to do that, and like the virtualization on chip to be able to do that. So if you if you want to run cubes, you're still going to want to get a privacy beast, okay? Um, and that's still one of that's still on par as far as being an amazing computer with what I'm about to talk about, okay? Uh, so I have no, you know, this is not superseding really my recommendation of the privacy beast, which is actually has been in the links for the show notes of every episode of Sovereign Tech ever since that was released. But I'll tell you, in fact, I remember in the Telegram group, um, which, of course, still running, still, you know, hot. Yeah. And everybody's talking about so many things that are going on today. We, we certainly live in interesting times, of course, when haven't we? Uh, but I remember just a, a lovely listener a heroic listener. And he is, but he was talking about using a, uh, a machine where he was running cubes OS on it. And he said, he, you know, he felt like a spy, you know, <laughs> like you feel like James Bond when you're doing that. Uh, this is a computer that boy will make you feel like James Bond. This will make you feel like a spy. Uh, and you know, you know how much of a fan I am of, of spy fi, right. Of, of spy fiction. Um, so let's talk about the boutique company that put this together. Uh, the company is called GPD. Okay, that's G, P is in Peter, D is in Dick. GPD cut their teeth years ago. I want to say like in 2017, maybe even earlier than that, or maybe it's around 2018, when they came out with uh, a device that was really a. It was meant to be like a retro gaming machine. It was called the, what was it? The GPD win. I think it was the original name for it and what it was. It was a, like a pocket PC. It was actually, you know, like it could run windows. It's where the Win names uh, comes from, but they put, you know, like, uh, like traditional controller buttons, you know, game controller buttons on it. Um, and I remember when that got announced and I think we might've talked about it briefly. I know some listeners were pretty hot about it. We talked about it briefly on sovereign tech. I thought it was a brilliant idea. Um, and they've, come. they've since the GPD win have come out with successive devices, uh, including successors in the GPD win line itself. In fact, the GPD win three, uh, which I think just started its Indiegogo this year, um, in 2021 has a lot of people excited because basically it's a computer that looks like a Nintendo switch that. You know, but it's, it's it's a it's a game console effectively, but it, you know it's still a computer and it can run Windows and it, it will run whatever fucking OS you want to put on it, uh, and it's a dream. But I'm not going to get into that. Maybe at a, on a gaming grid or something, I would talk about that, or on a special, uh, I would talk about that. But that's not the one we're here to talk about. So GPD didn't stop there. A, they delivered. Now I'm you know how uh, uncomfortable I am with you know, with crowdfunding, because I rarely see the device turn out very well. Uh, if it even whatever the fuck is, you know, getting made, if it even ever gets released, I've said many times, if, you know, unless it's like a, a role-playing game or like a card game or, you know, a tabletop game of some kind, whatever. Okay. Those will, will, will probably get released because, you know, the, 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 production behind that, a, there's companies that will do it for you. You just give them the rules and the art and everything. Uh, that's a refined process where it's a pretty good bet. You're going to get that. Okay. But anything really innovative or, you know, especially when it comes to electronics, it's less than 50, 50, like there's an 80, 20 chance. And that means a 20% chance of it actually coming out of it actually getting released as far as it being good. You got more like a 90, 10, right? I mean, for example, I reviewed recently the free Right traveler, which, uh, I was a very early backer on, so I got it for a steal. Now it does what it's supposed to, or, or, you know, basically it works, but also I feel like it does a lot less than what it was originally being touted uh, to be. This is like an e ink laptop basically. And I was, I, I could see where there's people who would really get a lot of use out of this thing, but I was unimpressed. Uh, And, and it just doesn't do enough for me. That is not true for again, the ultimate computer that we're going to talk about here, but continuing on. So GPD has a tremendous track record with their Indiegogo campaigns. They're successful and they release these devices and these devices are fucking amazing when they come out. Um, So we had the GPD win. They did the GPD win too. They had the GPD pocket, which was basically like a netbook. Uh, like old school netbook where it has a seven-inch screen. You know, none of this nine-inch, twelve-inch, thirteen-inch shit. Okay. Um, and and fairly powerful at that. You know, where there's at least hundred twenty-eight gig drive. Uh, you know, onboard storage in it. You're getting like four to eight gig of RAM, maybe even more, whatever. Um, you know, that's that's been a thing. You know, Intel processors is in it the whole the whole business. Now in 2019. This is the device. So, I mean, you know, those things I, I I know I'd kind of heard of them. And they were interesting, you know. Uh, certainly at the time, and and, and not even now, you know, I really don't have like the disposable cash to get, you know, to to want to wanna, like mess around with these things. But around 2019, they did a Indiegogo crowdfund for something that they called the GPD micro PC. This is the ultimate computer. Again, I am not exaggerating. This is brilliant on levels, almost undreamed of let's talk about the specs. Uh, so, well, actually first, before we talk about the specs on this thing, okay. And then we're going to get into what you can do with this thing, you know, again, practical application and all of that. We'll get into that. Okay. So let's talk about this thing. Um, this is a clamshell computer. If you can imagine it, maybe the easiest way to, to imagine this is it is, it's actually not much bigger than say a new Nintendo 3ds XL. If you can imagine what those look like, it is a clamshell design. It has a six inch screen on it. Okay. So you're getting the idea of the size. All right. Um, you're probably wondering, wait, six inch screen. That's even smaller than the first Asus netbook. You know, that came out in when was that 2009, 2010, um, which I had one of those, the, the classic EPC. Yes, multiple E's. Uh, I love that damn thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, folks, look, you got to understand. I didn't believe, and I had laptops, but I didn't think that laptops were practical until the EPC, until the netbook came out. And I mean the seven inch netbook. I mean, like the nine inch netbook, sure, that was nice too. But like netbooks were when I said, okay, now that's a portable computer. We'll talk more about that as we get into this, uh, you know, the, the, the why and, and especially a lot of why this excites me, but you're probably wondering how the hell do you type on this thing with a six inch screen? Cause that keyboard can't be that big. We'll talk about the keyboard. Trust me. All of this makes sense. It, it, this is just a miracle device. There's nothing, there's literally nothing else like this in the world. So you have an idea on the size. Let's talk about the specs a little bit. Okay. So there is uh, an N 4,100, Intel Celeron processor in there. So that's a quad core. I think that's Gemini Lake now understand. And I'm really, really happy about this because even though it was an Indiegogo, now I mean, look, some companies do Indiegogos and they don't really have to do an Indiegogo. It's more of like a marketing thing and, you know, way of pre-ordering than anything else, not really about making sure that it can get produced because as I understand it, The GPD micro PC that we're talking about here is still in production, still in production to the point that there are models now that actually have the N4120 and not the N4100. Now they're both quad core. They both basically use the, you know, the four megabyte cache and all that. Like there's, I don't think there's a dramatic difference. You don't really have to worry about, Oh, I should make sure I get the one with the N4120. I mean, I guess it could be nice but your GPU in it is still the same, which by the way, the GPU, of course, you know, it's, it's not a, um, not a dedicated GPU by any means. And you might say, well, that, that writes things off again. We'll talk about it. You're going to find out as I keep going down this list of what it can do and what it has, you're going to see why that doesn't matter. Um, the, so it has the Intel UHD graphics 600. Okay. Uh, you know, GPU, which obviously is, is shared on die. Um, but that's not bad, especially to be the UHD. Like, let me be clear here. This thing had no problem. Uh, you know, as far as games go, I mean, granted, it doesn't have to play anything other than tie fighter, which it did brilliantly. <laughs> it's not a computer if it can't play tie fighter, baby. <laughs> so, Uh, but let's see, I think I put on, well, I played or I had age of mythology up and running on it, played like a dream. I know that's an older game. I mean, plenty of older games and somewhat newer games like Duke Nukem forever. All those can play, you know, on it. I mean, you know, you can, you can go places with it. No, you're not, you know, you're not going to run crisis on it, of course, but it can play some games, but Brian on a six inch screen. well, hold on. Let me finish. All right. So we got GPU processor. You know, that score Ram eight gig of Ram, not bad for something that you can imagine is so small because it really is that damn small. Um, so eight gig of Ram that's, I mean, really that's where, I mean, you can get away with four gig of Ram, especially if you're running Linux on a machine, but eight gig of Ram is basically where you want to be at right now, you know, to, to handle say multiple tabs and whatever else this does come with windows 10, uh, pre-installed. It's amazing. (laughs) That, that that's a thing but it it is it's a thing um the actually the speaking of that the resolution for the screen for that six inch screen is 1280 by 720 so it's a 720p screen um yeah I'd love it if it had you know a 1080p screen or something a little bit above it in fact it's somewhat older sibling. That being the GPD Pocket 2, actually has an even that has a seven-inch screen, and it's a seven-inch screen that's a 1920 by 1200. Would have loved that if that was on, if that was on this device. Okay, if that was on the micro PC. But so it's not like it's not impossible, but it's fine. And I've run into no issues with the size, you know, other than everything of course is really tiny on it, um, you know, with it being 720p. Now the processor, I want to talk a little bit about the processor before we go further um, on the specs. So it runs at a base again, quad core, it runs at a base of 1.1 gigahertz. Okay. Now it can burst. And this is true. I mean, for a lot of like your lower end PCs and even for some like Chromebooks and everything, this is not uncommon. In fact, one of my uh, laptop recommendations, which this one takes the cake now. But one of my laptop recommendations is Asus's, um, what was it the, the L203MA or the L210? Those ba- basically have the same processor. In fact, actually, they have a lesser processor than what this thing has in it. Uh, the N4100 and the N4120 are actually like the latest in these low-powered Celeron lines. Uh, so I am impressed that GPD put these in. But as we go down, what this thing can do, like I said, you're going to find out GPD really gives a shit. Like they are not just throwing in the cheapest parts by no means. This is incredibly intentional what they've put in here, but the story doesn't end there even beyond anything else that runs these processors. Uh, because you might be saying, well, why don't I just get you know? Because if if it's specs like these, why don't I get say like a uh, Microsoft Surface Go two, right? That uses a similar Celeron based processor. Unless you get you know like the uh, the M three version or you know like the, what is it the i three but they call it that yeah anyway, unless you go with that, uh. But you know running at, at kind of similar speeds, why why don't I go with that? Right? You might be asking. Okay, well you, you'll find out why you don't you don't necessarily want to go with that, but this, I think this, comp- this little micro PC, that's its actual name. I think actually best the surface go in a way, because here's this nifty trick. And this is part of that where you can tell GPD was really intentional with what they were doing here. So a normal N4100 has a power draw of six Watts. Okay. The GPD, they actually, <laughs> and I don't know what thermal tinkering they did on this damn thing but they've got it to where it's doing a maximum draw of 10 Watts, four Watts more than what the N4100 is supposed to do because of that. It actually is a significantly faster implementation of the N4100 than just about any other computer out there that uses the N4100. It's brilliant. It's really, really brilliant. I mean, combine that with eight gigabytes and this thing is no slouch. Now, I mean, I'll I'll comment quick. So I know I'm saying like, look, this thing's a 10 out of 10, hell it's an 11 out of 10, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I mean, I could nitpick little things that I wish it had. So for another spec, it has Bluetooth 4.2. Yeah. I wish I had Bluetooth five. Okay. Because of, you know, certain security issues that, you know, might not get patched on every Bluetooth 4.2, you know, implementation. Yeah. I, I, I wish. Okay. Um, I wish that this to some degree, I wish that this ran on an AMD processor or maybe even an ARM processor. Uh, You know, that would be better than an Intel processor. Sure. Like in my dream world. Yeah. I would love to have that, but running, you know, the Celeron, you know, and I mean, it, it does the job and I'm actually, because a way that you could think about this, you could almost imagine it as a Raspberry Pi laptop. Like you really could imagine. In fact, I've seen Raspberry Pi laptop mods that look very much like this. Um, I guarantee you they're not built as well or as sturdy, but I, you know, I have seen that sort of thing. It's a great way to think about it. And, you know, when you think about Spectre and Meltdown, sure, I'd love it if it had, you know, if it had an ARM processor instead. However, for a lot of apps, a lot of the use cases I'm going to talk about here uh, soon, I think having an Intel processor was actually the the way to go. And I'm sure that was also intentional. That way, you know, you could run whatever OS you wanted to throw at it. There weren't compatibility issues and, and so on, but we'll keep going with the specs here, but I'm just being clear that. Yeah, sure. I wish it didn't have an Intel processor, but then at the same time, I kind of understand why it does. So moving right along uh, with the, with the specs again, it does have the eight gig of Ram. It's LP ddr 4 That's just low power DDR4. That's great. Um, The screen also, it is an IPS screen, by the way, and it does have Gorilla Glass 4 over it um, because this does meet military specifications, meaning with especially with this thing closed, you could take a hammer to it. You could throw it against the wall and it's just going to keep on ticking, which I love that. It's not waterproof, but hot damn. (laughs) is it really, really cool? Uh, you know how, how that goes. Um, speaking of the processor, this, there's look, there's a lot of little quirky things. I'm going to talk about this because there's these weird quirks, very intentional, very nice additions. Um, the processor is fan cooled. You don't always get that with the Celeron series these days. Um, but here's the rub. So like, because those fans are designed to actually, or not those fans, those processors, Okay. Uh, the N series is meant to run without a fan. Like that's part of their marketing is that they run quiet and cool, right? Uh, Well, they don't run so cool, (laughs) but they do run quiet. So the nice thing is, is that yes, this is fan cooled, which helps a lot. And the fan is, I mean, you can hear the whine If you're in a really quiet room. Yep. You can hear the whine. The nice thing is, is that right above the keyboard, there is a hardware switch where you can turn off the fan on this. And so if you really want that quiet operation, yeah, it's going to get a little hot, but if you want that quiet operation, you can, you can have it and you can turn off that fan. I can't believe there's a fucking hardware switch for the fan on this thing. Do you see how this is like living up to so many things we've talked about on sovereign tech that we should have and wish that we had hell this thing has a reset switch. Do you know the last time I had a computer that had a fucking reset button on it? <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's actually not a button. It's a pin, a uh, button. It's a, it's a pinhole, but it's a reset pinhole on a laptop. How many times have you had to drain, wait for your, your laptop for the battery to drain because the whole, all the hardware basically froze, you know, this has happened to you. And the battery is, um, you know, soldered in, it's not removable. So you just have to wait. And then you, maybe you can reboot your computer because I don't know, you got a blue screen of death or whatever the fuck else happened to you. No, this has a reset button. Awesome. (laughs) I mean, that just used to be a standard on computers, you know, on desktops, you'd have your power switch, your reset button, and maybe your overclock button doesn't have one of those, but it is effectively overclocked already at the hardware level. Like we talked about, um, moving right along with the, with the specs, because there's so much to talk about. Uh, it does have, so depending upon which model you get, It has a 128 gig hard drive. Now you're probably imagining, wow, this thing's so tiny. It sounds, everything's gotta be jammed into it. There's no way that you can actually upgrade and work on this device. Au contraire. (laughs) So this does have um, an M2 uh, solid state drive in it. It is not EMMC, which most, again, most devices kind of in this class usually have like a 64 gig, maybe 128 gig EMMC drive in it. And you know how slow those are. No, 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 not at all. Uh, Very, very nice clip uh, with the M2 drive that is in it. Caveat, here is a caveat. Caveat is that it's not your normal sized M2 uh, uh, hard drive or solid state drive. It's the, the 2242, right? That's the 22 by 42 millimeter. So it's the smaller M2 drives. When this came out a couple of years ago, um, and I know because like I bought one of those, uh, what was it? The chewy jump book or whatever the hell, or what did they call that thing? The hero book, which I, I did a review of, which I was largely impressed by this thing blows that away. But uh, one of the nice things about that was, is that it had an EM emMC drive, but then it also had a slot, an M two slot for an SSD. Now the M two slot then, and again, we're talking back in like 2017 was for a 2242 M two. M, uh, you know, M2 SSD. The, it was very hard to come by anything of of reasonable size. Like you could get a 128 or 256, 2242 M2 drive at the time. Now, you know, in 2021, yes, you can get one, you know, 512, one terabyte, maybe even more, um, 2242 sized M2 uh, SSDs. So you can just pop the you can pop the back off of this thing. And you can put in like the one I, the one I received has 128 uh, gigabyte um, M2 drive in it, but I can put in, you know, for another hundred bucks, you can put in an M2 drive or a one terabyte M2 drive into this thing. And they're, they're widely available from pretty good companies like Sabrent. So this, this little six inch computer, <laughs> you can actually upgrade the hard drive on it and, and it can be hold, you know, it can have a one terabyte hard drive. Um, amazing, right? I know. I know. Blowing your mind. In fact, I got more specs to get into. I didn't want to talk about the price yet, but since we brought up the hard drive, let's talk about the price a little bit. Now, if you buy directly from GPD, you can get it for about 400 bucks. Um, Amazon's about the only other place that really sells it that I think you can trust. Uh, On there, these run about 500 bucks. Okay. Uh, I think you're fine getting the, the model that just has the 128 gig hard drive in it instead of the 256. And the reason I say that is you can save about hundred bucks in buying the model that has 128 gig in it. And then you could spend the hundred bucks or 150 about is what it would cost you to buy a one terabyte hard drive to put into it. So save yourself some money, uh, and get, you know, and get the, the, the version that has the 128 gig hard drive in it. And also if you can save yourself some money on buying the, you know, the, the micro PC that has the N4100 instead of the N4120, because there isn't that much of a dramatic difference between the two, especially the way that they overclock the processor, um, you know, save that money and just spend it on getting a massive fucking hard drive into this thing. Right. Uh, it's, it's so cool. Now, is that price worth it? Maybe you don't think so yet, but let's keep going because it, the fun doesn't stop here. All of this would be cool on its own, but let's, again, let's keep talking about it. So it does have wireless AC, you know, five gigahertz, 2.4, 2.4 gigahertz. That's fine. I mean, yeah, maybe some people could say, well, I wish I had, you know, wireless AX, wish I had wireless uh, or, you know, uh, Wi-Fi six. That'd be awesome. Yeah, it'd be nice, but that's far from a deal breaker of any kind. Uh, And I'll tell you why, because let's, before we get into input modes, okay. Before we talk about the keyboard and everything on it, let's talk about The ports, what ports are on this little device? Oh, (laughs) look, I know of countries that don't have as many ports as this thing does. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No, no. I know of full size 17 inch laptops that don't have as many ports as this thing does. I'm not exaggerating. This is insane. You think, you think Apple's crazy for only having one USB-C port on, you know, on their mini laptops? Oh, baby. This thing is, let me count it. Let's, let's take a look around on this. Let's see. Okay. So we'll talk about ports. Okay. There is a, here, Apple, there is a a one eighth jack on it. That's nice. Okay. Um, There's a, there is a microphone, a built-in microphone on it. There is no, and I think this is a bonus. There's no, there's no camera on it. I think for some people that might be a deal breaker. I disagree. I think that's a great security feature. Uh, micro SD card slot, that's nice. Right next to that, uh, I'm looking on the side of it. Right, right next to that is a USB 3. Uh, you know, full size USB uh, A, USB 3.0 port. Turning it around, there along the back side, an RJ45 port. Yeah, Ethernet. Who gives a shit about Wi-Fi? Plug this baby right in. Next to that, a USB C port. In fact, this USB-C port is, and you might, okay, so it only has one USB-C port. Well, I'll get back to that. Let's keep going. But a USB-C port, two more USB-A 3.0 ports, two more. So that's a total of three USB ports on this thing. Then there's an HDMI port, full size, full size. And none of this is micro. This is all, these are all full size ports. And then next to the HDMI port, you right, hold, just, just get a towel near your jeans, okay? Next to the HDMI port, a computer made in 2019 next to the HDMI port is a serial port. <laughs> I mean, when I was looking at, when I found this thing, and I saw that serial port that sold it. I was just like, like are you kidding me? It has a serial port. Did, did you hear all those ports? I, I I just rattled off to you. Three USB ports your three USB a ports, uh, you, you know, 3.0, a USB C port, an actual ethernet port, a full size HDMI port. None of this mini shit. And a full size serial port. Go ahead. Plug in those fucking nine pins, baby. Amazing. Amazing. Now the USB-C port, let's talk about that. Yeah, I could quibble a little bit and I could say, well, I wish that it had another USB-C port. Why? Because of the reason that I'm not really quibbling about, which is the uh, power adapter, how it's powered is via USB-C. Now, if you listened recently to my, uh, Amazon fire, uh, tablet review, I talked about how, you know, I've been trying to get to the point where, like, all of my devices, like, say, my Nintendo Switch, uh, my smartphone, which, you know, I'm just using a Moto X4 with Lineage OS, um, you know, everything I've got, like, I I want it to be able to all operate more or less off of one charger or at least one wire type, right? So to have everything USB-C is amazing. In fact, I mean, it's fucking amazing. Like, this thing isn't that much bigger than my smartphone. Like, I can easily toss this into my fanny pack. Yep, I wear one of those. Uh, I could easily toss this into my fan. hell. you know, I'm a big enough guy. like this could fit in my jean my the, my back pocket of my jeans. no problem uh, because my Kindle uh, paper or my uh, Kindle Oasis, I should say not paperweight, my Kindle Oasis can fit in my back pocket and this thing is just a little bit thicker than that, but about the same size. So I'm not like okay, yeah, it'd be nice just because it, it'd be great if I could plug in my USB or my uh, my UB key without, you know, into the USB-C port stock, um, without having to unplug the damn thing. But really the resolution there is, I mean, I have an adapter that takes USB-C to USB-A and, you know, then it's not an issue at all for plugging in my YubiKey while this device is still plugged in. Talk about the battery a little bit. Okay. The battery, I, I can easily get eight hours of this thing and it's so tiny. And I I mean easily get eight hours on it. If I'm pushing it, yeah, it might drop to four, might drop to half that. Uh, but I think excellent battery life for really any laptop. Um, I mean, it's amazing, sure, that there are laptops that can literally go like 18 hours, 20 hours these days, you know, what Apple's doing with the M1, wow. Uh, but you know, for eight eight hours out of out of a little six-incher guy like this, that, I mean that's that's I think that's dynamite. Uh no, I have no complaints there. Um, if if the battery life was only a couple hours. I might have some complaints and I'm sure if I was gaming something that really pushed this machine, it might only do a couple hours, but then you'd expect nothing less. And even Apple's M one would have a hard fucking time with that. So, you know, give me a break. Um, Moving on. (laughs) I mean, are you sold on this yet? You should already be sold on this, but I know, I know what you're wondering about. And this is, this might be the most divisive part of the device. And that is, keyboard. Um, so something to understand the, cause you might look at, you know, this might be a killer for you with, uh, with, with the micro PC. So you might end up looking at the micro PCs, some of GPDs, other devices they're you know, it's bigger brothers made by the same company. Cause there's a couple of them. Like I said, there's the pocket two, and there's also, um, there's also the, the P two, which is not the pocket two. It's like the P two max, they call it which is actually kind of, in my opinion, that's going in the wrong direction. So the pocket two is seven inches. Like I said, I like that going into, uh, someone's going to take that and cut that out of context saying I like seven inches, whatever. <laughs> uh, anyway, going into the, with the P two max, they actually went up to technically 8.9 inches, which is about my uh, moving on, uh, 8.9 inches for the screen. Uh, you're going in the wrong directions. That's what netbooks started doing. And then they got into like 11 inch and they just sort of kept going until eventually they just became laptops and netbooks stopped existing. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, netbooks basically birthed, you know, iPads. Right. Um, so I, I don't like that they're going that direction. So with the Pocket Two, which is slightly more powerful, or you know, options as well as the P Two Max, you can get them in slightly more powerful operations or uh, versions. As in, you can get them with sixteen gig of RAM. They can come with five hundred twelve gig, uh, you know, pre-installed. Um, so with the Pocket Two, it has a touchscreen, and but it has no touchpad. Now it's easy enough to hook up a Bluetooth mouse to any of these, the micro PC, the P2 max, the pocket two. Um, I don't like touchscreens. Even if I have a touchpad, I don't like touchscreens. Now the P2 max does have both. Actually, it has a touchscreen and, um, and it also has, uh, you know, a very small, uh, touchpad on it and, and a good one at that like that P two max totally tricked out runs for about 800 to 900 bucks. And they're, they're offering it as like, no, this is the real ultra book. Like everybody else pretends that they they've come out with ultra books. No, this is the real one. And I think, you know, really their claim for that is fair, you know, to say that that's a real ultrabook, book. Right. So, I mean, yeah, I don't like that. They're going in the direction of bigger, but at the same time, as long as they don't go too much bigger, you know, I think they're still making great stuff. And I mean, and these are, I mean, the, yeah. The micro PC is all plastic, uh, but it, is, I mean, it is high quality. Like I said, you can literally take a hammer to it and, and it just, just brush it off and it doesn't care. But now bottom line, the micro PC does not, the six inch screen is not a touchscreen. Like I said, I think that's a good thing. Okay. Um, so how does this work? You know, is it using a, a keyboard nipple, right? Like the old X two hundreds did? No, uh, <laughs> this is brilliant design. So We'll talk about the keyboard first, then we'll talk about what it uses for, you know, mouse control, basically, or cursor control. Um, The keyboard feels like if you had an old BlackBerry, or if you remember basically any smartphone or phone, it doesn't even have to be a smartphone, phone, uh, what was that? The Sidekick, was that by LG? Where it had like a slider, now, now this doesn't have a slider keyboard, but when the clamshell opens up, there is a full QWERTY keyboard here it is not full size. It's just that it has every button. Okay. Uh, even the F keys are there, the function keys, but it's basically an oversized, uh, you know, keyboard that you would imagine on a, on a, like, you know, on a phone that actually had a a touch keyboard or should I say not a, not a, like a touchscreen keyboard, but a physical, you know, keyboard. Um, I love it. Just like on, you know, on my phones, in my dream world, I would have a physical keyboard that I could, you know, type away on. Um, and it's it's very easy to do with your thumbs. Um, now, you're probably not going to touch type with this, meaning that, like, you don't look at the keyboard and you just type it. I mean, it's it's too small. Like, the, these keys aren't even remote. I mean, maybe a couple centimeters. I mean, they're, they're not big at all. Uh, amazingly, the keyboard is backlit, though. <laughs> Again, the, all these little quirky features that you just would not expect from from this device for some reason it has them. Um, so the keyboard is I mean yeah you know you can definitely peck type you know you could you know one one finger at a time or you can thumb type on it. I mean I have you know pretty large hands, actually very large hands uh, and and it works very well for me when I hold it in my hands and I, you know I'm typing on it with my thumbs and it's amazing how well that really works. Uh, Now this, that could be a deal breaker for some people. And when you get into say GPDs pocket two or the P two max, those have more full size keyboards that where you can more easily type on them. Um, But I have no problem with this. I really, really like it. And and it's, it's not much different than holding uh, say like a Nintendo 3DS or, you know, more like a console. Um, Now the amazing thing is though. Okay. But then how do you move the fucking cursor? Here we go. There is above this again, this this keyboard, um, this physical keyboard, there is a traditional touchpad. In fact, it's a touchpad that recognizes gestures. Uh, so you know, you can click with the with the touchpad, you can do the two-finger trick to scroll or to right click. So it has that, and your thumbs just if you're just holding the device in your hands, your thumbs instantly land, or your thumb, your right thumb, instantly lands on that touch screen. So intuitively, it's brilliant, and it's amazing how well that works. Just controlling the the, the cursor with with your thumb. Um, I mean, they probably could have gotten away with a keyboard nipple on this, but I like that they did a full size, or not full size, but that they did a fair sized uh, uh, you know touchpad on this. But then on the left side of the keyboard, above it, is uh, a full three button. Uh, you know, a mouse function basically. So you have you know three clicky buttons. You have a left click, right click, and in the middle you have uh, the scroll button. You have a third mouse button. There is no reason for them to put in that third mouse button other than the designer of this knew exactly what he wanted. He wanted a computer that had full functionality, and this has it. That's the beauty of it. That's what's so amazing about it is that it's such a compact package, and it has everything you want on a computer. Like if you're a developer or if you're an IT or something like that, I mean, and you had this little guy and you could just walk up to, you know, you're walking up to some server and you have to connect with the com port, you know, with the serial port. I mean, th- this is, this is genius. <laughs> this is a wet dream for any developer or IT guy. I, I shouldn't, maybe not so much for a developer, for but for like for IT people, for when you're on the field, this little pocket guy that you can just pull out and connect to fucking anything because as every fucking port under the sun. Oh man. Awesome. Awesome. And to have all, every key you could want. Sure. The keyboard's small, but to have every key that you could want on there. This is a dream come true. This is the kind of computer that I imagined as a little kid that we would have in the future. This is the kind of computer that we were sold. Right. I mean, you can imagine like ro- watching RoboCop three, I, I know, but watch it. It wasn't that bad. Okay. Yeah. The effects were, but whatever, you know, and and that, like that, that little gal, she, uh, which was, I, I, one of my favorite scenes right at the beginning where she, you know, she runs up and you know, she's part of the resistance. I love, you know, kids being part of the resistance, right? <laughs> Anyway, you know, it's a dystopian future and, you know, Ed 209 like guarding, you know, the giant robot, you know, is ready to blow everybody away in the resistance and little kid just runs up, pulls out this little computer Jackson into Ed 209, right? Because that little computer must have, it must have had every port under the sun, including whatever the fuck connected to Ed 209. And she took over Ed 209 and made him, you know, as, as it said, loyal as a puppy, right? You know, the, the idea of like having that computer or hell, even think of like Terminator two, when, when John Connor is hacking the ATM, you know, and, and getting all that cash out, you know, he's just got this little pocket computer that he could pull out of his backpack. You know, wasn't big at all. Could hold it in one arm and, and, and do the business. That's what this computer is. This is the computers we were promised that would save us from dystopia. Do you understand? I love this thing so much. Even I was showing it to Ellen. Like, I mean, I was so excited when I saw it and I said, I was like, I've got to get my hands on this damn thing. And, and when it finally came, Ellen looked at it. She, she literally said, she said, I'm enamored by this. Like she wanted one right away because it's just, there's nothing else like this. But while there's nothing else like it, once you see it, you get it. It's so well designed. There's so, there's so much thought put into this thing to make sure that it is a a literal pocket computer that can do fucking anything. Smartphone be damned. You don't need a smartphone when you've got this thing. Because here's the beauty. So you can pop because it's just, you know, Intel architecture and fairly open Intel architecture at that you can put any operating system on this that you want. Hell, I bet you could put Android on it if you're really that, you know, if you're that hot about it, but Why? Uh, I mean, it comes with Windows 10. It runs Windows 10 beautifully because you can put, you know, uh, SSDs in it that have all the storage you could want. Um, You know, there's no limitation on, oh, I only have 32 gig. I can't run this Windows update or anything. No, it can run Windows 10 fine. I'm sure it could run Windows 7 even better. Um, and I, and I updated it all the way, boy, that was a pain in the ass though, because, because it is an older like image, obviously of windows that they had. I mean, this thing was updating for over a day. (laughs) That's how bad it is with windows 10. Um, but regardless, it's fully updated now working beautifully. Um, I also tested out tails on it. Just again, you've got all those USB ports pop in, uh, pop in a little, little flash drive with tails and you've got, the most portable Tor machine I've ever seen. And you don't have to worry about, you know, like the, the, the touchscreen key logger and all that crap, right? Because you got your physical keyboard here. And if you really want, I mean, you have Bluetooth, you have all these other ports plug in an external keyboard. That's what I do. I mean, it, it, you know, pop Linux on this thing. It runs Ubuntu like a dream, a dream because, you know, you could say that it's innards are lower powered, but they are no slouch. I mean, it it, it runs every version of Linux I've thrown at it. It runs just perfect. It's awesome. Even if I have, you know, quite a few tabs open, it still, it just cooks. Again, gaming, sure. Are you, you know, you're not going to run the latest Call of Duty, nor should you uh, ever on anything, but I digress. Fine. It won't do that, but it will do everything else more so than any laptop. And in my opinion, just about more so than any laptop on the market today. This has more ports than just about anything that HP puts out, you know, for like the workplace, uh, you know, particularly for enterprise. It's got it all. I mean, I hooked it, you know, it's got a full size HDMI in the back. I hooked it up to a 21 by nine screen, had no problem running that, you know, at high resolutions. Uh, You know, I got a Bluetooth mouse going, got a full size gaming keyboard here and I'm having the day. Fuck. And then I plugged in my eight terabyte hard drive next to it. I plugged in another, uh, a five terabyte hard drive into it. I mean, this thing can be a desktop replacement easily. I'm in awe, you know, and then when you, again, consider you're running, you know, windows 10 or you're running Linux. Um, I wonder if somebody's got to have, I, I got to imagine that somebody's rocking open BSD on this thing too. But you know, with that, with those options, I mean, you can install any software that you want on there, right? I mean, just anything you could imagine is going to run on this thing. And you know, go ahead, pop pop Nextcloud on, uh, you know, Nextcloud chat, uh, pop Synology chat on there. You know, run your little Signal instance on there. Um, Telegram obviously runs great on it, you know, I mean, and, and then, and it's so pocketable and you're carrying it around everywhere that, you know, as long as there's a Wi-Fi signal around or something, you know, just open that baby up and you've got a communications platform that blows away everybody's smartphone other than the fact that maybe it doesn't have a persistent internet connection, but I suppose you could resolve that as well. You know, if you want to use like a, a modem of some kind, because fuck, there's plenty of ports, go ahead. You can plug in everything I just talked about and still plug in a fucking modem (laughs) because there's so much on there. Oh, there's no Wi-Fi around. Oh, you're, you're, you know, you're up at Porkfest or something and shit. They, the Wi-Fi sucks, but oh, they, they just so happen to have Ethernet up there. Well, guess what? When everybody's smartphone isn't working, you're jamming this baby in with Ethernet. No problem. Awesome. Awesome machine. I mean, if you don't trust me, I think most of you do, but if you don't trust me, go ahead and read other people's reviews online. You know, people that really put hardware through paces, you know, if you think that I don't, I'm not rigorous enough, read their stuff. And I get, and I know, cause I've read them too. And they will tell you, they can't believe this thing exists and just how damn good it is for what it is. There are no complaints. This is a literal dream machine. So I have no problem. I'm doing this kind of this little ultimate series and we're going to get into some other things. Like we did the ultimate browser. I'm going to talk about email. I'm going to talk about operating systems coming up. Um, Cause I know a lot of people are asking about, okay, well, I I'm convinced now we need to run Linux. How are we going to do that? You know, um, we'll get, you know, I'm, I'm going to get into those, but if you're, if you're wondering what hardware to get, this is it. Like this is really, really it. And, and I mean, I think the price, you know, so we'll say around the $500 range, depending upon where you buy it. I think that's 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 totally uh, uh, reasonable for everything that this thing can do. Yep, I know you could probably get a a a fair gaming laptop maybe for around five hundred in the five to seven hundred dollar range, but that gaming laptop can't do half of what this thing can do, and it sure as fuck isn't going to match its portability. Now I I have a link in the show notes for you to be able to check it out. I mean I almost there was a, there was a selfish part of me (laughs) that did not even want to tell you about this thing. Right. Because I was, you know, I'm, I'm so scared that, I mean, fortunately I know they're going to continue to get made. Okay. Uh, I was worried that like, Oh, I I want 20 of these because I'm worried nothing like this will ever get made again. And I want to make sure that I always have this because this is my go-to favorite computer on the planet right now, And probably I just, I mean, the only thing they can do is improve or the only thing they can do is improve the specs and they are already doing that. That, That's my comfort, right? So I'm not too worried about them getting sold out because it's pretty clear that GPD, uh, is still making these. And as, I mean, probably the reason that they put like the newer models have the N 4120 is because that's all that they can buy. Like they can't get the N 4,100 anymore. Um, I, or I'm guessing that that's the reason behind that or that it just makes more economic sense for them to go at the end forty-one twenty. So I know it's still in production. Um, I'm comforted again. Like I said, you know, when I see it, I'm like, you know, uh, yeah, this is perfect for me. Who the hell else would want this thing? I mean, again, I think everybody should want one, but uh, it did incredibly well, like blew away. It's Indiegogo numbers. Okay. So clearly there's an audience out there for this. And my hope is, is that, yeah, maybe they will do a sequel in the future. They will do a micro PC too. Um, I'm hoping that they don't go bigger. I'm hoping that they don't go to like nine inch, you know, again, the size for this is perfect. I want it to be something that is literally pocketable. That is, that is absolutely a handheld computer. Okay. And where, yeah, I even like the fact that I am typing with my thumbs. Again, if I want to, you know, if, if I want to, you know, really like, like type out a novel on it or something like that. And again, you can do anything with this. Uh, yeah, of course I'm going to break out, you know, a full size keyboard and connect it and have a mouse and everything else. Okay. And connect it to a giant monitor. You know, the ideas is is that with this is that you have the option to where, I mean, because this is what, this is the other part that excites me about this is that it is, it puts the personal, not to get cliche on you, but it really does put the personal in personal computer again, meaning that it, it is of a size that makes it nay ubiquitous, you know, for, you know, for your life. And that that's like why smartphones, everybody doesn't mind carrying around a smartphone because they're just that size. That's just right to where it makes sense to keep it in your pocket or to keep it around with you at all times. That's, that's a big part. I mean, there's not one reason, but that's part of the reason why smartphones are themselves so ubiquitous. This is a PC where, you know, sure you at home, you can have the big dock, you know, where it connects to the big monitor, the big keyboard, the, you know, the mouse and everything, and it can do all that. But then when you're walking away from home or you're spending a night in a hotel or something like that, you can just so easily just pull this thing away from your dock pop it in your pocket and you know, your computer is with you and the, and thus your data, right? Because you're not going to store shit on the cloud. If you care about privacy, unless you're doing your own cloud, like, you know, a NAS or something, that's a different story. Um, But you know, you, you have everything with you all the time. And I mean, you don't have to carry a big backpack or anything like that. This is absolutely pocketable. That's the beauty of this. Now, Actually, speaking of a NAS, uh, I do want to, I did a special about NASA's, uh, years ago. I I really want to do an updated one of those because everybody having their own server is a very good idea. I think everybody, I think most people, especially people who are more tech savvy are realizing that, that, wow, I can't rely on any app, you know, any messaging app. I can't rely on any social media I can't rely on, you know, much of anything unless it's actually connected to my own fucking network. And so I think people are are taking a serious look um, at hardware again and taking a serious look at, you know, NASA's and, and everything. And I'm, and I'm glad for that. Uh, this is a great computer to be able to interact with a NASA, right? Because, you know, NASA's are usually, you know, pretty headless. You know, they, they don't have like a direct interface. You usually do it through your browser or, you know, maybe SSH, if you're that kind, but you get my point. Um, so this is, this is really, really great for interacting with your home network as well. Again, I mean, you kind of become your own it guy with this thing and it's always ready to go wherever you happen to be. So before I close out, um, I want to, I want to talk about, you know, a couple other use cases for this, where it makes sense, where it's really cool. Uh, I mean, everything I've already talked about, of course, makes tons of sense. One of the areas and granted GPD makes a completely separate device dedicated to doing this. One of the other areas where this really shines, frankly, is is as a, um, you know, as a, as a retro gaming machine, you know, as something that runs emulators, right? Say Super Nintendo, NES and Sega Genesis and even N64 and some others. Um, it does a pretty good job with most of the I mean, it's not going to run PlayStation 2 very well, but it does a pretty good job with most of the emulators that I've thrown at it. Um, and having these very stiff, you know, phone esque, uh, physical keys actually makes for a pretty good controller in and of itself. Um, like if you ran a, a Game Boy emulator on it and you wanted to play some classic Pokemon, uh, the arrow keys are well pronounced on this little keyboard. And I applaud that. Um, and they work you know, it'd be kind of the reverse perhaps of what you're used to where the D pad is on the left hand side. In this case, the arrow keys are on the right hand side. Um, but you can get used to that very quickly. And it makes, you know, for games that don't require like, you know, like platformers where you have to have very quick button presses and everything else. Um, the keyboard itself does a great job of being a controller, easy enough to connect a Bluetooth, a Bluetooth controller, of course, as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, as, as a little retro gaming machine, dynamite for that great, great use case. I mean, in many ways, it's like the windows version or Linux version of the switch, right. Where it's, you know, it's portable, it's everywhere, has its own screen. And, you know, you can connect a million different devices to it. I mean, it's sort of the same concept. Uh, it's just an actual computer. Another great use case, like I said, as a tails machine, um, it is awesome as a, I mean, talk about a privacy centric, you know, take it anywhere with you. Um You know, because when you're accessing Tor and you're doing something serious, you know, you're not supposed to be at home. You want to go miles and miles and miles away. Hell, go to a whole other city if you want to and log into some funny Wi-Fi somewhere. And, uh, you know, and and to have that portable device that has great battery life to go and do your business. um, Amazing, you know, for that. This is this is easily the best Tails machine on the market today. Easily. Now, certainly too, you can set the screen to say portrait mode instead of landscape mode, um, cause it is a widescreen, um, but you can set it to portrait mode and it does very well for reading books, reading mag, you know, did PDFs, right? Magazines, reading comic books does a fantastic job of that. Uh, and again, you got all the storage in the world that you could want to, to be able to connect to it either with a micro SD card, you know, again, you could put, a, I think you can put up to a two terabyte hard drive inside of this thing. Um, You know, I mean, it's awesome for that. Uh, Yeah, it might not be as nice as, you know, like a 8 to 10 inch tablet, say, but it definitely does the job. And much better than, you know, your actual smartphone does. As far as it being like a mini movie player, I mean, this thing, you know, will connect to Plex, no problem. Um, And you're watching everything in 720p, which I think is fine. I mean, yeah, it'd be great if it was 1080p, but I've actually, I've connected an external uh, disk drive to it had Cyberlink running on it, right? Power DVD, um, having that run on it, popped in a Blu-ray, it's an IPS screen. It's gorgeous. It does have, it has built-in speakers. They're terrible, but you have the one eighth Jack to connect something better. Or, you know, if you have like a really great Bluetooth speaker, you can easily connect that to it. Um, the options are endless as far as that goes. But I mean, that's, that essentially becomes the smallest Blu-ray player in the world. (laughs) So (laughs) You can't go wrong with that. Uh, I mean, there's, there's just so many use cases for this thing because you can connect anything and it's so fucking portable and it's not just portable. Again, it's practically indestructible compared to most laptops. I mean, you just, if you drop it, I mean, you're not, you're not sweating it. So, and, and all that said, again, and I already talked about this, but it can absolutely, in my opinion, be a desktop replacement because you can just connect all the big uh, accessories to it: connect the monitor, connect the keyboard, connect the mouse, and it's a full-on computer. It's a full-on computer in whatever form factor you happen to be using it in. I really don't feel like there are any compromises here, you know, unless you you just really, really want that dedicated, you know, video card in there, right? Which we all know what it's like getting NVIDIA cards working on Linux. So, you know, rocking the UHD 600, uh, I think it's fine. So the GPD micro PC, again, this is the ultimate computer. In my opinion, this is the computer of dreams. I mean, again, I could quibble about little things that I wish it had, but the fact that it exists as it is, is a miracle and is wonderful because only somebody like me, in my opinion, Or, you know, somebody like they are, which I guess I'm like them. I don't want to like somehow say that I'm, you know, this great human being or whatever, but only somebody like me would want something like this, you know, but, but then I think that everybody should want it. Like I said, so as soon as I saw this and got my hands on it, I knew I had to do an episode about this. Um, I actually had planned an ultimate computer, like an episode with that title, but it was going to be very different about very different things. And then this thing came along and just blew everything out of the water. And long time listeners, I hope you understand like how rare it is. And I, or I hope, I hope you realize, cause I know you've been listening, you know, how rare it is that I get excited about any tech today in many ways. If there, and I don't mean like a, the William Shatner book series, the tech war as it were that's T E C H not T E K. Even though, boy, read the tech war books. Awesome. And watch the show on your micro PC while you're at it and help play the play the DOS game <laughs> of tech war too, even though it wasn't that great. Uh, I mean, was, I, I loved it, but whatever. Um, the tech war, the real tech war in many ways, I feel like has, has been lost. Like there's, there's no, there's no winning that with smartphones. Okay you know, like having privacy and real control of your devices and everything else, it's, it's lost. This is to my mind, the last truly great innovative device. This is the direction that I expected. And I think clearly it seems like other people did too. This is the direction that we expected consumer devices, not just professional, but also consumer devices to go to give you options with all the ports and all the possible operating systems and everything that you could possibly run on that. Again, there's no smartphone that touches it. There are very few computers that touch it, especially when it comes to portability. This was the device that we were imagining would exist in the future. And it looked like it never would because everything was going towards you losing control losing hardware switches, not having the reset button, um, not having the option of what operating system you want to run on it. Uh, you know, not having all of the ports on planet earth on it. Right. But no, we got it. It happened somehow, (laughs) somehow somebody had the nuts to make this thing and they did it. And, and, Somehow is a success and it's still getting made and I hope it gets made forever. Otherwise I, I somehow have to, cause I, I, you know, I don't know how I would, but somehow I need to get like five of these things to make sure that I always have one in my life. It's beautiful. I do still feel like in many ways we we've kind of lost this whole, you know, uh, uh, a culture war going on in tech as in you know consumer facing versus what does silicon valley want you to give them but this is this device is the bulwark in a very real way against that because it gives you all of the advantages that everybody talks about with smartphones and everything else it gives you all of those advantages or at least it can but then it really doesn't have much in the way of the negatives that come alongside of being forced into ecosystems because this doesn't force you into any ecosystem so you win With this micro PC, you win, you have choice and a lot of them. That's it for the episode the ultimate computer. Again, we're going to get into, this is going to be turning into a little series because I've had a lot of people request episodes around operating systems, email, even talking about NFTs. We'll talk about those in the future. Uh, boy, I mean, I didn't even get into the crypto use cases, uh, for a device like this. Fucking awesome. <laughs> I mean, that, that sky's the limit with this, with this thing. So, uh, we will wrap this one up, uh, but much more to come. Sovereign tech's not going anywhere, baby. And I will see you woo, on the other side.